Hello and welcome to the Hoot Troop Podcast. I am Matt O'Connor and joining me as they do on all of our shows is my cousin Luke Drobner. What's up guys? And my brother Mike O'Connor. Hello. We're back. Uh, Happy New Year to all our, our Hoop Troop listeners. Um, 2023. Oh, this, yeah, it's going to be a big year for the Hoop Troop Podcast. Uh, bigger year for NBA basketball. Uh, a lot's been going on. Um, you know, we have plenty of guys uh, averaging well over 30 points. Um, the all-star selections are starting to heat up a little bit. It's it, guys have some serious compelling cases and there's definitely going to be, I'd say more than a few snubs this year. Um, but the bigger thing that we have approaching and something that we've been talking about all season is the race for Victor Wembanyama and what the trade deadline is going to look like. So we wanted to use this episode to kind of go through just some theoretical trades to see what teams may or may not be inclined to do, um, as the deadline approaches to see how they might want to plug holes to try and make a run or just say, screw it. We're going to suck. And we're going to try and get Wemby on our team or scoot Henderson. So I came up with a few trades. Luke came up with a few trades, Michael, you'll comment on these trades. And if you think of any, as we're going through, um, feel free. I'll, for those of you watching on YouTube and honestly on Spotify too, you can, you can watch it. Um, I'm going to be sharing my screen with some of these trades. Um, but it is kind of a random order, so we'll see what we get here, and we'll just see where the conversation goes. So, guys, without further ado, I'm going to start up um, with... Let's see what I got here. Um, all right. Let me know when you can see my trade. We got, we got OG and an OB headed to the Trailblazers. That's what you're seeing. Justice Winslow, Josh Hart, Keon Johnson... And a 2025 first round pick. It's so funny that isn't what I'm seeing on my screen. But all right, let me go pull that one up. We're seeing so, the OG, we're seeing the OG Ananobi trade. Let me pull up the OG Ananobi trade. All right, there we go. Now I can see that on my end. Um, so this is one that I made. Um, and granted, I made this probably two weeks ago. Um, but I do think that the Raptors are going to be inclined to sell. Um, if you look at where they've been and just their record as a whole, they're currently they're sitting right now. 12th What's up? Twelfth in the East. Yeah, so they are currently sixteen and twenty. Um, they're a little in no man's land. Um, they might want to think about retooling and moving some of their better players. And I think there would be a huge market for OG Ananobi, and I think there's a few teams that could really benefit from having him, namely the Blazers. I'm surprised that this says they'd lose a win. The hardest part in making this trade that I ran into, and you guys can kind of comment on this as well, um, was realistically the fact that. Um, Josh Hart makes 12.9 million and it was hard to really balance out the 17.3 coming back from Ananobi, but I do think he'd be a great fit on the Blazers. So I'm curious what you guys think. Mike, you want to start? Sure. I mean, I, I think that OG Ananobi seems like one of the, the bigger low hanging fruits as the trade deadline approaches I, you know, I, there are a handful of teams that I think didn't realize they were going to be massive sellers and I think the Raptors is one of uh, the Raptors is one of those teams, um, and I think there's a lot of potential destinations for OG and that, the Trailblazers makes a ton of sense. Does he? How different is he from Jeremy Grant? I don't watch enough OG and Anobi. Like, does he? He's, he they would they would wing. they would serve different roles. So you would allow Jeremy Grant to be more of an offensive threat, and you would allow OG and Anobi to come in and be more of a defensive stopper on the wing, which is kind of something they need. Um, and it does give you another scoring threat. 
because realistically you're leaning on those two a ton um grant and um grant simons and um dame but so when i look at ananobi like you could just ask him to go be that defensive player you don't need him to be going out there and scoring 20 plus a night which he currently almost needs to do for the raptors so i actually think it would be a pretty good fit it's almost like it's like a better version of the nuggets trading for aaron gordon like i just think them making a trade for a guy like this who will be your third or fourth option is you know something appealing especially when the Blazers are so compelled to make it work with Dame. I don't know. I think, I think, I mean, I did something similar, which I'm sure we can pull up in a second, but yeah, I think, I think getting back to Mike's point of what's different between OG and Jeremy Grant, I think Jeremy Grant's a three level square, right? You can post him up. You can shoot it from the mid range. You can get inside and shoot threes. Um, and he definitely plays Jeremy Grant can play big, right? You can, you can run him as like a pick and pop type guy. Whereas, I feel OG is like a inside out scorer. He's going to shoot a three. He's going to get inside and score it in the paint. Um, he did play big time basketball, so I'm sure he's got some type of post up game. And also, like you said, defense. But when it really comes down to it, when you think about great defensive teams, you want to think about um, teams that do it collectively as a group. So I think uh, right now, one of the weaker points the Blazers do have is definitely their forward spot and just size and length. And OG is a huge upgrade at that type of player positionally. And I think it boosts their overall team defense. So I agree. Um, so I Luke, will say Josh Hart is a lot to give up. We did talk about the $17 million. I, I like Josh Hart a lot. Six, seven shoots threes can do a little playmaking. So I think he's, he's someone they might not want to give up. And that was, that was the hard part for me. And that's why I didn't necessarily know that this was, and that's why I also did only one first round pick. I think, realistically they're going to look for two for someone like Ananobi because he's young and has shown serious potential to be not necessarily like an all-star necessarily maybe one time like it might not be like this perennial type player but like I look at a trade like the Drew Holiday trade where they got three first round picks for him I think it'll be a dial it'll be scaled back from something like that um but that was kind of my idea and that's why in giving Josh Hart you're still getting a good rotational piece back too so that's why I I only did the one Yeah, yeah yeah But I do think realistically it's going to be closer to two. Um, I like us here targeting the Raptors because looking at the standings right now, I think there are two teams beneath them in the overall league standings that are going to move up. The Timberwolves obviously want to compete. They're going to move up. Lakers, they're trying to move up as well. And there are a couple spots below the Raptors in the league standings. And I also think there's teams that show promise that if the Raptors really wanted to dive down into the standings, they could. So like the Oklahoma City Thunder, I think are going to be bad but they're at a point in their development where they might not be able to afford taking a home run, like getting bigger women. Yama. They have guys, they're building something. They're just looking for a lottery pick rather than a number one overall pick. So the Thunder might move up, the Magic might move up, but then you also have teams like the Spurs who want to be bad. Maybe the Houston Rockets turn it around and get good. Maybe the Charlotte Hornets turn it around and get good. So, uh, you know, uh, I think the Raptors are a really good selling team. I'm glad that we highlighted them. And I think realistically, you look at, the flattened odds and just the movement we've had over years. And I know that we've talked about this in the past. You don't necessarily need to be in that one spot here. There's been so much, like such a fluctuation in the seating. As long as you're in, I'd even go a step further. I think if you're in the bottom six or seven, you have a chance. And that's really all that matters. Like I'm now I'm going on tankathon right now. Cause I want to just see the, uh, the one pick odds. But like if let's say you're, you have at least a ten and a half percent chance if you're in fifth. If you're, 
even below that. I mean, nine if you're in sixth, and then it gets a little like it gets a little different. Um, when as you get further, so like if you're in seventh, eighth, yeah. it's like seven and a half, six. So like, yeah, it's a little tougher, but you at least have like almost a thirty percent chance of being in the top three, which in this draft we've said is a good draft. You don't need number one. Obviously, you would love it, but any opportunity to move up there, which is why if you're the Raptors, the difference between being 10 and being six or seven is huge. And that's why you really might want to think about building around Scotty Barnes and making a trade. Um, Were you able to find the Blazers Jazz trade I did? The, yes. So let me let me pull up your trade. Um, I know Mike's going to be impressed with this one. I'm excited to see it. No, wait, this is mine. Is it? No, I no, pull... this one... oh, can you oh, see okay. it? I can see Janet, Jared Vanderbilt out. Okay, cool. Jared Va- the Jared Vanderbilt trade. So let's go with Luke, your proposal here. Rattle it off for us. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, similar idea to what you're doing with OG and Anobi, but Jared Vanderbilt is obviously a much more defensive-minded player. He likes to shoot corner threes. I'm not really sure what else he brings to the table, but um, as you can see, the Blazers give up a lot less in win-now assets but they do give up a second round pick in the future. And also that same 2025 top five protected. So uh, it's just a different salary matching. I think that's the only thing I did differently. Same type of idea. And I mean, I think if you did a trade like this too, you would, you could even probably expand the protection on this. If you're the Blazers, because Vanderbilt's good. Is he that good mm-hmm. to warrant a top five protected pick? I don't necessarily know that he is. So I think you, you can have to remember the jazz. That. I think you can make that like a lottery protected pick and the jazz would still take it. Um, sure. but you're right. I think it is a similar idea where you're looking for this more defensive minded player to, to offset their, their offense they have, which they've, they've shown has been pretty prolific, at least the two guards. And then Jeremy Grant, when they've, you know, both, either of them have been hurt, he's gone off too. So I do think they need to add to that defense a little bit more. Um, and yeah, this is definitely a viable option because you don't have to give up Josh Hart as well. So Am I making the conclusion okay. here that you that you guys both think it's in? I would guess or assume that you both think it's inevitable that the Portland Trailblazers are going to make a trade for by the deadline. I wouldn't say inevitable, but I I mean they're sitting a game over five hundred right now. They've voiced that they want to contend, and at the beginning hot. of the year, hot. Yes, they were way up in the standings. They they have that potential, and Dame has missed a lot of time. So you figure a healthy team with an extra addition here. And you look at the teams again, ahead of them right now, the Suns are ahead of them. They're very banged up. Booker is going to miss a month. Cam Johnson's still not back. Um, Chris mm-hmm. Paul does not look like Chris Paul. So you might be able to jump them. The Kings are in front of you. That's a team that conceivably, if you make a move, you could jump. Um, and then, yeah, you might not get to the top of the standings. You might be in like fifth or sixth range. Um, but I still think that there is a possibility that, fine, you might not be at the top of the standings, but you can still pull off a couple upsets in the playoffs. Um, you know, if you have guys who can get hot. Series with the, if, they, if they end up at the four seed and they get a favorable matchup with like the Kings at five, they could win a first round series. Yeah. I, I mean, so, I could see that too. They, they need to pick it up. That's, really the one, it up. that's the one reason I'm apprehensive about them going in and making a trade like this. Um, and I, I say the same thing about a lot of teams. It's like, does this move the needle? And like, the answer is no. No. I mean, if you want to make the complete argument, yeah. like, are they getting past the Nuggets? Are they getting past the Grizzlies? Are they getting past the Pelicans? Are they getting past the Clippers? Right. Like, 
realistically, they're not a top team in the West, but I think a, a positive end to this year would be making the playoffs without being a play-in team. Right. Um, and I mean, I, I wouldn't say that that's outside the realm of possibility. Like, I think that they could easily get in there and, and ruffle some feathers, but I still don't think, are they even going to make the conference finals? Probably not. Even with a big trade like this, I don't think so. Um, yeah. OG would make it a little more likely, I think, just because he he is more of a he's a more proven two way player. Um, but again, I don't think he's it really solves all your problems. Too, he knows how to play. Yes. I, I don't think the, the I don't think the Blazers have any options here that fully shore up their roster. They're always no. going to have an issue. Um, I I, just, I think it's just a year where they need to compete, make Dame happy. I don't know if you agree, Mike, but yeah. Yeah, but what's going to make him happy? I don't know. They they still seem a little lost. I I think it's a delicate balance of like clearly someone like McCollum wasn't getting it done and a massive scorer like a, a, a you know a partner in crime. It's more about these small changes around your prolific all star. So you never know. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of the obviously we're looking at this from Portland's view here. Um, and they did, you know, by trading for Jeremy Grant, they kind of committed to trying to compete the season, which means that you need to go all in. You can't just half-ass it. If you're going to try and win a championship, you got to try and win a championship. That said, I, I don't know that I agree with any of the moves they've really made because I, I think that their window closed. Like, I think they had an opportunity a few years ago. It didn't hit. And then now you're kind of, you know, past your your arc. I think it's time for them to sell, too. They're not going to. Um, yeah, on the flip side of that... I think the Raptors are in that position as well, but they are so far down in the standings that the writing's on the wall. Yeah, let's sell a little bit. Let's retool around Scotty Barnes, who frankly hasn't even looked good in his, his sophomore year. But I, I would, I still think that's probably the right move. Um, and you just regroup and recondition of, yourself for future seasons. I think a lot of Scotty Barnes' problems is the roster is a little weird, and they also uh, Gary Trent Jr. was out for a little while, I think, and. Uh, yeah, I'd be curious to see if they try and trade Siakam too, because he is having a great season. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if anybody has the right assets, right? Like, like if you think about selling him at a high point, like what is it? What is his price tag, and is anybody willing to give that up in the middle of the season? Yeah, I, I exactly. I don't. I don't necessarily know, but I'm just saying. I think for them, everyone except for Scotty Barnes should be on the table. Um, sure. You know, you you Agreed. think about trading a Gary Trent. You think about trading, honestly, Fred Van Vliet. You think about trading a lot of these guys. Um, so, I don't know. I, I I definitely think that those are two teams that we should keep an eye out for as the deadline approaches, just because I think they have some serious decisions to make and they could be compatible. Um, and then Luke, you obviously pulling the Jazz into this as well. I think that they naturally are a good trade fit. As many picks as they want. Yeah, exactly. They're looking for picks and they have players that you could move to get picks. Um, but yeah, all right. So Luke, I'm now gonna pull up another random trade um oh, no. that we that we put together. Let's see what we got here. Um this is this is one that you sent. Um oh, I love uh, are insane. I'm loving this. So I just pulled up the which one did I just pull up? Now I'm getting thrown off. The screen's blurry. I can't. Uh, really... We we got yeah. Wizards, Suns, and Bucks. And... Wizards, Suns, and Bucks. All right. I'm trying to get the Suns to pull Jay Crowder off that roster and get a power forward, another suitable power forward in Kyle Kuzma, who obviously has been in a lot of rumors this year 
uh, as the Wizards have been pretty average. Um, and then the Bucks trying to follow their championship formula. They had PJ Tucker in there when they won the championship. They bring in a very similar type player in Jay Crowder. Um, you know, obviously Giannis has developed a little bit. Um, there's a lot of continuity on that roster in, in Milwaukee. So uh, adding someone like a Jay Crowder, who's a really great glue guy, I don't think is an issue. Um, and obviously the Suns need some help with uh, Johnson being out. So. Yeah, I um, I definitely like this. I I do think Kuzma is someone to look out for at the deadline too, mostly because I'm pretty sure he's a player option after this year, and he's definitely opting out. So at 13 million over right. like 13 million per year for two years, really you're getting him on an expiring, and then it sounds like he's going to want somewhere around 20 ish per year, which I think is fair. He's been playing well this season, um, which is also something I think the Suns should consider doing. Um, so. You're right. I, I, and or if they decide, hey, you know, it's not really working. At the end of the year, you let them walk and you let Cam Johnson start, and then you have twenty million dollars worth of salary at your disposal. Um, so I do like it. Um, I think the hard part is the two picks, and I know that they have protections on them. Is Kuzma worth that? And like Shamit is a, a, I mean, he plays a role in their in their you know, um, system. So. When you think about the Suns, you got to think that their windows now with Chris Paul already showing a decline with age. Aiton is probably uncomfortable there, at least from what outside reports can kind of understand in his relationship with the organization. You kind of expect him to walk after this extension. So yeah. uh, why not just go all in right now and uh, hope for the best? Obviously, you still have a little bit left in Aiton. Let's say, you know, um, Chris Paul does end up sputtering out you don't give up anything too long in the future and if you really wanted to you can say like hey Aiden, we were wrong you know we really want to re-up we want to commit to you so uh you know you never know um i also think another sneaky thing damon lee who won championships with the warriors also going to the bucks who i think could add a lot for them yeah definitely um no i i totally agree with that and i do i actually very much like the fact that you brought the suns up in this because now, and I was thinking this before, I made similar trades with them to try and trade for a power forward and get rid of Crowder um, before. But it? now that now that Booker minutes. now that Booker is hurt, they desperately need someone to score. I just watched them play. I mean, we're recording this January 2nd. I watched them play the Knicks today. They could not score the basketball. There was, not, there was just no offense. And so you they need someone now <laughs> to step in and do that. Um, and the Knicks, by no means, are a consistent defensive team. So... You know, they've been better, but they've obviously shown lapses. They lost the Spurs. They, you know, they, they're hit or miss, but we need, we need star J back. Yeah. I mean, sure. We, we were missing RJ and Obi. They were missing Booker and Cam Johnson. So who's missing more in that equation, but regardless, they need, they need someone in at least the interim that however many weeks, two, three weeks come in, score in bunches and keep them in games. Cause Chris Paul, sure. He can facilitate. He's just not the same threat he was. I mean, he's notably a step sh- slower than he's been. And I just feel like teams aren't queuing in on, his, on him as much as they used to be. So they do need more of a threat. Um, so, Luke, I like that idea. I like bringing in Kuzma. I think he's exactly that type of guy they need. And he can he's shown. He can play off ball. He can play off of stars. So when Booker is back, he's actually a really good fit. But then I really do think this, maybe I'm pessimistic, um, and I'll be proven wrong by the new ownership because I imagine new ownership wants to keep the team good. But 2025 picks for the Suns, 
those could be really good, depending on how a couple years go. How things break. Yeah. Those could be good picks. Yeah. I, and, I, and I mean, I think that's kind of the hard part is you are trying to maximize your championship window, which is I'll right go, now. And I'll go Oracle. Is is Booker the not maybe not the next disgruntled star, but the second, the the one after the the one that happens next? If that makes sense, I think it's coming to a, a boiling point because they were like the league's worst team when he was starting out, and I think if they had brought in more help early in his career, I mean they got him to a final. They got conversations. Him, they got him to the finals. They've been up in the argument as the best team in the West and the league for the past two years. So like. Maybe he stays, but I think he will hit his point. I mean, I think in adding Chris Paul, they showed we're committed to trying to get you to win. That obviously didn't work out, um, and it's kind of playing itself out. Chris Paul is going to be out of there soon. Like, his extension wasn't that long. So I do think you are kind of at a crossroads where you need to be able to pivot to whatever the future plan is. So is that's bringing Kuzma? in a Kuzma. Right, exactly. I don't, I don't know for certain, but at a minimum, that's a guy who can be and I don't know why I keep equating everything to this Aaron Gordon trade, but you want someone who's going to be your third, fourth option who isn't, doesn't need the ball um, to be effective, which is kind of like Kuzma. Michael, you're itching. But you want to know why you keep bringing up the Aaron Gordon trade? Because it was amazing. And then the part about it is anyone can look amazing. If you have the guy that they have on their team passing to him, Kuzma, (laughs) Kuzma would be, you know, I just feel like it's been like the two weeks of Aaron Gordon because literally Jokic makes it so easy for him to operate. It's amazing. Yes. So yes, which then I bring it around to say like, does Kuzma on the Suns? Yeah, it probably helps. Kuzma's a good player, but like Aaron Gordon on the Suns is different than Aaron Gordon on the Nuggets potentially. I, I think I think if it's Booker Kuzma Aiton and a pass first point guard. And you're some in some way able to retain Michael Bridges on a team friendly er deal, that could definitely be a competing team. It's just about finding that Chris Paul replacement because obviously we see guys like Chris Paul and CJ McCollum step into young teams and just make a huge impact by showing better in leadership, high IQ. You know, I take good shots, I pass the ball, I move the ball, I keep everything flowing. So they just gotta they gotta figure out a way to make up for what Chris Paul was bringing to them when they got good. So. I, I, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that that's part of it. Here's another trade um, that I threw together, Luke. And I actually, I think I like yours more than the one I did, but here's one that I had I'm sharing my screen. Now I had the Hawks giving up Jay Crowder, Dario Saric, a second rounder in 2023, and then just a pick swap this year in 2023 with the Hawks sending mm-hmm. all that to the Hawks. Um, and then the, the Suns get John Collins back in return. Um, Do you feel John Collins is more of a center or more of a forward? More of a forward. I mean, he's, you know, he shoots the ball. He's definitely, um, I wouldn't say he plays center. I mean, they have Capella in there. They have Okongwu. Like, he definitely plays the four, at least for them. And I think you can go small with him. So if the Suns want to run a gun, you can. Um, I do think he also kind of fits how we were talking about Kuzma making somewhere around 20 million. That's about what Collins is doing. Um so I this is just one idea I had where you're looking for some scoring in the interim, someone who can play off mm-hmm, ball against mm-hmm. these stars. Um, so I think we have the same idea. I do think Kuzma is probably a better fit than John Collins, but it's just a similar similar construct. But I do think the Suns need to make something happen. 
And then, My only concern with this trade is how do you play Collins and Aiden? I guess the Hawks do it with Capella and Collins right now. Yeah, ahead, I, I mean, I think I'm it works. Cut you off. I actually, I almost like it more because I think Capella is so one-dimensional. At least Aiden can stretch a little bit. He can hit some mid-range shots. Like, he's not as glued to, like, rim running. Um, sure. And you also can allow Collins now in doing that to play in the dunker spot more than he's able to do with the Hawks. Um, and then lastly, I think the Hawks are kind of in disarray and they need a little bit of a change. And I think bringing in more of a stable veteran in Jay Crowder, who I know that's saying a lot considering he's like boycotting playing because he's not starting. But I think bringing in guys like that could help kind of settle the locker room a bit. Um, so I just think it's something that they might want to look into. And obviously John Collins is in rumors every other day. So um, yeah, just that was my one little idea for a trade. I think the Suns are buyers. I think the Suns are definitely buyers. I, how are you not if you have Devin Booker on your roster and yeah. Chris Paul? Yeah. Like, so far, you have to. better than the record shows. I, uh, sitting at seven right now in the West, I think they could definitely be up a little higher. I think obviously no one expected the Kings to be this good. So uh, the West is always good. I kind of expected the Suns to be up there in the top four, but I think they're just plagued by injuries and it's really been affecting them. And obviously I wouldn't call Jay Crowder an injury, but he's just not playing. And so you have sure. so much of your payroll injured or n- not active. I'll, I'll put it that way that it's going to be impossible for you to be any higher. You need your best guys available and they don't have them, which is why they're probably pressed to make a move soon. Cause you don't want to slip. Sure. You don't want to risk being in. I mean, if you just look at the standings alone, like you don't want to risk, having to play the Nuggets, even the Pelicans, the Clippers in the first round, the Grizzlies look good. Like you want to do your best to try and sneak into that top four. And right now you're close enough. You're still only a game and a half back of fourth. So like you could still be there, but you don't want to lose these four weeks while Booker's out. So Mm -hmm. they got to try and make a trade soon. So that way they don't fall off too much. That's just, that's how I look at it. Um, All right. So, Let's see here. Let's 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 change pace a little bit. Um, I have kind of a lame trade, but it's in the same idea of these teams need to do something soon to both commit in opposite ends of the spectrum. So this trade is inspired by one of the worst lottery picks we've seen. Um, oh my god! A James Wiseman for Jakob Pertle swap. Pirtle is not going to be on the Spurs next year. They're definitely looking to dump him, and he's a winning player, so he's hurting their team. The Spurs can absolutely take a wave, like just they can take a a gamble on James Wiseman. They can take their time and see if they can get him right. I mean, he's shown flashes. He's just really he's a net negative right now, and so they need time to just let him play through some of his struggles. Who better to do that under than Greg Popovich? And the Warriors mm-hmm. would seriously benefit from getting Jakob Pirtle. The mat the numbers work out. It makes sense. Um, I mean, I like well, this trade actually. It's, it's something that needs to. There's there's pressure on both sides because right? obviously Popovich is going to be around for the next ten years to develop yeah. Wiseman. <laughs> so if you really wanted him to learn and understand the uh, Popovich mentality and kind of get into a rhythm in the Spurs organization and things like that, which is generally an organization that expects a lot out of their players from an off the court type of perspective. Um, I know. James Wiseman has had some issues within the organization with the Warriors, and I think that's kind of the reason why he's like in and out of lineups. And right. I think I think Jakob Pertl would be something the Warriors would really, really need. Uh, 
Pirtle is on my fantasy team. He does average three assists per game, so he is a good passer. And he's a big body to get uh, to match up with. I think Kavon Mooney is obviously a great option at center, but when you can throw in a seven-footer and match up against guys like, you know, what happens if you face Embiid in the finals or, um, you know, you got Jokic in the Western Conference finals or something like that, right? You need a big body to throw on some guys just to make it a little more difficult and slow them down. So um, Pirtle just gives them lineups, and obviously he still gives what Looney does. And he, it seems like he, he's just a good system fit. Like he really does feel like a guy you can plug into that type of offense and it will, it'll go pretty smoothly. I mean, not that they're the same, but I think the Spurs are very focused on ball movement. That's just always been their staple, which is essentially what the Warriors do. Um, You're not going to be a focal point, which I don't think he would have any objection to if he's on that Warriors team. But you look at the Warriors right now sitting at 19 and 18. They're currently in the nine spot. Granted, they're tied for eighth. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, they have potential to make some moves too. the same things we're saying about the Suns of like, you really want to try and be somewhere in the top four. The Warriors could do that as well. But Steph's been hurt. You really got to try and make a push because it's not like Clay is carrying you. Jordan Poole has been good, but probably not like the leader you need right now. So you got to do something now to just kind of weather the storm until Steph gets back. And then when Steph gets back, like. I, I could see them being a great pick and roll combo. I could see just a lot of things going on here. Um, so I don't know. I personally think that they can't waste this window of Steph being this good um, when they could potentially win another championship, putting $10 million of James Wiseman up and down from the G league be- just because they drafted him second. They got to give up on the experiment. Someone else can take the risk and they should look mm-hmm. to try and make a move like that. Now. Two questions. What yeah. year, what year was Wiseman's draft again? Who did they he pass? Was, on? Uh, they passed on Lamelo. So when An- Anthony yeah, Edwards, Ant- then they Edwards, took Wiseman, Wiseman, and then it went Lamelo. Lamelo. Can't blame them. Can't blame them. Like they, they didn't. They no, didn't. No, no, no. Like they needed Lamelo. It was tough. Um, like I definitely think. Ah, I don't know, because everyone else they passed on. Yes, I agree. They made the right call. I mean, obviously in a redraft, I think um, you'll see ha- Halberton go a lot higher. Oh, um, but. Yes, I agree. I think generally, with all the hype behind Wiseman, it made sense for them to pick him. You know they, what they should have done? They definitely made the right pick. They needed a big. They didn't need Lamelo. Like they it just. Have, they should have traded the pick if if you can turn back time. Yeah, realistically, yeah. but that's they essentially what you'd be doing now. Um, but yeah, yeah they could have know, traded it for an unknown versus now you you're getting a bum, kind of. You know. But are you getting a bum? Pirtle's not bad. No, no. no I, they, I'm they, saying like the other team. To... Yes. Right. The other team is getting uh, what they now know what Wiseman is, like kind of a bust. So Kind of a bust, he's but there's known. still so much potential because he's so athletic. Like he has such a unique skill set that he could be good. He just doesn't quite have that basketball IQ, which is why it makes sense for him to go to the Spurs. Yes. You don't have to raise your hand. Just talk. Because I'm a, I'm a Nuggets bandwagon <laughs> fan now. Hurdle to the Nuggets. Do you think there's anything there, or do you think that doesn't make any sense? Depends I, what they'd have to trade. The, but like, I personally think if the Nuggets want to win, they need to do one extra little thing. This I mean, is they, the need a, they could use a better backup center. Um, I mean, they're yeah, currently. DeAndre I think Jordan's DeAndre Jordan great. is their backup, which think, yeah, not if, great. If I could be the Oracle again, I think DeAndre Jordan's not a Nugget by the end of this season, and they've made one more little push that makes them. 
that shores them up in, in a couple places. The thing yeah. is, I don't necessarily know where they need shoring up. Because you look at, again, top to bottom uh, their team, one of their best lineups is actually one without all of their starters in it. So they have a pretty good lineup to close out games where you would obviously roll out Jokic, you'd roll out Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, but then Bruce Brown and Contavious Caldwell-Pope for a defensive element, which means you're leaving Michael Porter Jr. on your bench to close out games. Not ideal, but almost necessary because you have enough offense with the other guys. Those guys are so great complementary. It's almost like how they fit so seamlessly, you know, Bruce Brown with Brooklyn around stars. And then um, KCP, we've seen in the past with the, the Lakers. So I look at this and I think, yeah, you do have enough combinations currently where it's okay. The problem is what happens if Jokic gets in foul trouble? You don't really have a substitute uh, bid. Um, no, they, they, they can play small. I think they have the guys to play small. I think the issue is when you get attacked. I think there are definitely lineups they can run that teams can attack defensively. Um, I mean, I don't know. Jeff Green's been solid. Like, they yeah, they no, do no, have like, plenty of I mean, guys. I just think roster... DeAndre, Jordan, DeAndre Jordan's your only other center on the roster. Are you going to play Aaron Gordon at center? No, you can play Jeff Green at center. Uh, they have enough big bodies. Michael Gordon Jr., 6'10", Aaron Gordon, 6'9", Jeff Green, 6'9". Like they, have, they have Zeke Naji. He's not bad. He's played some. He's played 26 games this year. I like, I don't think they have bad lineups. I think there are just times when, like, if you play, like, a Bones Highland, Nikola Jokic combo, teams can expose that bones yeah. highland is well regarded as one of the worst defenders in the league like if you look up any defensive metric bones highland is like bottom 10 in it and obviously Jokic is not the most mobile guy he doesn't come up with a lot of blocks so um right you know you, you can just look to attack that and obviously in a small sample size playoff setting seven game series you're going to get teams who oh like they, they want to play bones highland and Jokic at the same time like we're going to force them not to right and you're going to see some of them you know, like if you play like the Grizzlies, who obviously John Morant's going to expose you with Jokic no matter what because he's going to attack the rim, jaw. And even then, like Ty Jones is a really great point guard, so there are just ways to expose them. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Obviously, every team has a weakness. You can't have a perfect roster, but um, yeah, no, I definitely agree. I can definitely understand like upgrading a position. You know. Um, you know, it would be nice to have someone maybe a little better than KCP, or it might be better to have someone a little better than Bruce Brown. But they're really um, good. The part, I like I like both of them. But I think that was kind of the point I was trying to make was more: yes, are they the stars? No, but they're so good in their role that they can be so useful because you don't need them to really carry any offensive burden. Sure, they have to hit a three here or there. <laughs> Most of it is for their defense, and then like they're going to cut, they're going to go hard to the rim. They might get an offensive rebound here or there. Um, and then you obviously, if you need a wing to be more offensive minded, you bring in Michael Porter Jr. So you actually have so many different combinations there that I think it's okay. I do. I still, Milo, you're right in a sense that like they need a backup center. I don't know that Pirtle is the one. Like I think it's got to be someone a little cheaper, so that way you don't have to give up as much to bring him in. Um, it's got to be. I like, think they need an athlete at center. They need someone who who's just like a crazy athlete. Right, which DeAndre Jordan is not anymore. Um, but yeah, I do. I think that there are a few different things that they could look at. Um, so I don't know, but I, I don't necessarily think the nuggets are most in need of a move because they're obviously at the top of the standings right now. They could do a little something here or there to like slightly improve to, to make their chances better. But for now, I think they're okay. Mm-hmm. If they could find a way to do like a Jeff Green, 
Miles Turner swap, I think that would be unreal, but obviously like super unrealistic trades. So. Yeah, that's the problem. It's just and like also, how are you going to play? You're going to if you're trading for Miles Turner, you're going to start him, and that's almost impossible. Uh, yeah, but I think you can find a way to like have Jokic weak side at all times and just kind of run everything into Turner. You can block shots. So. It would be interesting. Um, Luke, I am going to now come back to one of your trades since we were talking about the Spurs. And I noticed that they're oh. in this trade that you sent. I'm pulling up another one you got here. So you have the Mavericks going win, win now mode. Ah, you have the Mavs trading for Levine and Pirtle, who was aforementioned. The Bulls get Davis Bertans, Tim Hardaway Jr., three first round picks from the Mavericks. They all have protections. Um, mm-hmm. The Spurs get JaVale McGee, Jaden Hardy, and two second round picks. Walk, Mike, me I wanna, through, I wanna... walk me through your logic on this one. Mike, I want to I hear you go first before I tell you. I love this. That's what I was thinking. I, I I really like it for the Mavericks. I don't know. I, I can't really speak to the other ones and, like, what the Bulls want to accomplish. Um, right. But I think the Mavericks certainly need to buy. I think that's a no-brainer. Um, and yeah. I, I think Zach Levine's really good, and I think that could be interesting. And I think Pirtle's per, actually, like, pitch perfect for the Mavericks. Here's my issue with this, and it's really my only issue, is the Spurs don't get enough back for Pirtle in this. JaVale McGee, three years, that's gross. Yeah, uh, They want nothing to do with that. And yes, I get that it's filler, and that's fine. You can just keep him there, but fine. Jaden Hardy, uh, does that add enough? Um, like, I understand that you're getting a younger player that you can kind of take a flyer on, but I still don't necessarily think that that's enough for Pirtle. And two second-round picks, I think they need a, at least a protected first for Pirtle. At least. Yeah, Realistically, I, maybe uh, even unprotected. I think uh, so. Starting on the left with the Mavericks, what I'm thinking is like Zach is a great shooter cutter. Um, he's obviously an insane athlete, and he's got a great jump shot, which I think fits really well next to Luca. If you think about it, like Luca has the ball, and then you have Zach Levine running all over the place, getting open, and Luca's throwing these crazy passes to him, and Zach Levine's hitting like really tough fadeaway threes, like. It's going to be unreal. And then obviously center is always something they upgrade. Dwight Powell is good for what they have, but um, like having more guys to throw in there, I think would benefit them. Uh, Davis Bertans barely plays and Tim Hardaway Jr. Obviously he's really hot right now, but um, like salary matching wise, and obviously you're upgrading your shooting guard spot with the incoming. So sent him and then all those picks, because obviously Zach Levine's an all-star. Um, you know, he's on a long contract, so you're going to have to give up some stuff. I think you also might have to remove and, some of those protections. I think the Bulls are going to want some yeah. unprotected picks for, for Levine. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just trying to see, like, you know, what's the bare minimum. So doing this trade machine, which obviously might not be the most realistic, I was like, okay, let me, like, let me see if it goes through, if this is top 10 protected. And I just tried to see uh, how little the Mavericks could give up. And yeah. then with the Spurs, like you said, I definitely agree. Um the Spurs are definitely looking for a first or two for Pirtle. I, I like the framework. I, I think it's the right idea, though, because I think the Mavericks, you're plugging their holes it, it, like perfectly well. And then I think... Such a great fit. Right. And I, I mean, I think the Bulls are are fine. They're, they're going to do something similar to what I think the Raptors should do. They just don't have control of their own picks. But they could necessarily they could retool around like a Patrick Williams or like some of their other younger guys potentially on the roster. 
Um, yeah. It'd be bad for a little while, but you also want to pull in some picks to do that. Pulling in Bertans and Tim Hardaway Jr. Like, I don't think that wins you many games anyway. So I'm, like, that doesn't hurt. I mean, looking at it from a Bulls perspective, obviously Levine is probably the most attractive asset they have on their roster right now. DeRozan's coming to the end of his career, although he is an all-star and Vooch hasn't really looked good in Chicago. So um, if Levine does get traded, you kind of expect that the Bulls will be working through some other trades and some of their other top talent. So, um, and uh, like the Mavericks are talked about all the time, like, dude, does Luca need more help? Does Luca need more help? And obviously adding someone like Levine who primarily would fit well off the ball, but also could like, play on the ball, right? When you watch Bulls games, Levine does have the ball in his hands quite a bit. So um, Luca comes off the floor. You can have Levine facilitate some offense while Luca's getting a break. So, you know. I, I, yeah. I mean, I also think you just look at what the Mavericks are doing right now. They're currently sitting in fourth, but well, Luca's been re- so hot. Yeah, you're relying on Luca putting up. He's averaging like a 45-point triple-double the past seven games. Like, yeah, you can't count on that. He's going to burn out. That is such incredibly high usage that, I mean, well, he needs help. I mean, he just does. Obviously, incredibly high usage. And you always say, like, oh, he's going to burn out. He's going to burn out. But, like, I feel like there were times when LeBron in 2006 was doing crazy stuff like this when he was averaging 30-point triple-doubles. But I think the biggest difference between someone like a LeBron and a Luka was, like, LeBron made first-team defense a couple times in his career, I want to say three times, mm-hmm. and second-team all-defense a couple times more. And I want to say in total, LeBron has like six or seven all-defensive-team nominations. Luka will never in his entire career make an all-defensive team. I cannot see it happening. I'd be shocked. Um, I'm looking up how many so, times LeBron's have made it. Um, yeah, you, talk, all you defensive... talk about usage. You talk about usage, but it's all on the offensive end. And obviously, it's like incre- incredible output, but he's so he it, it's a skill based game. It's not like he's like running by you and dunking on you and stuff like that all the time, right? It, it, he's he's doing it with like these like he's just you know nudging you a little bit with his shoulder and then step back three, right? Mm-hmm. I don't feel it's hard on his body. Obviously, he's an incredible athlete. He's so strong, but um, he's not you know going up forty inch vertical dunking on guys like LeBron was so. And even so, that, how long LeBron's been around. So I think I think I do generally agree with what you're saying. The one thing I will point out, though, is you obviously drew attention to LeBron in his original stint in Cleveland. They never brought him any help, and he mm-hmm. left because they couldn't win. I just, they cannot uh, I, win. I think it's if a completely he have different situation help. with Luca. They cannot I, I, win I, if he doesn't have help. No, 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 no. I, I mean, obviously they're not going to win without help, but uh, like roster development takes such a long time, and I think kind of like what you see with the Mavericks did with their last superstar in Dirk. And they're like, look, Dirk, you might not win five rings like Kobe, but if you stick here with us, I promise you we'll get a ring. We'll end up at some point having a roster around you that's good enough. And I can't help but feel that Luka Doncic, under the tutelage of Dirk and in a situation like he has at the Mavericks, that he like, they're, it's not that they haven't made changes. It's not like they're every year they're bringing in more garbage bet minimums or anything like that. Slowly, over time, this roster has matured. And each year they get slightly better in the standing. So I, I don't see Luca growing frustrated. I think he's probably very happy in in Dallas. Whereas LeBron, I feel when it was his time to leave and head to Miami, it was year after year he became slightly more frustrated. You know what I mean? So I I don't quite agree because if you look at what Dirk had his whole time, I mean he played with Steve Nash there. Like he had 
good teams. Like it's not like he was wasn't devoid of stars. Like he played with other high level talent, got close, and I mean, Steve Nash won. wasn't an MVP until he went back to Phoenix. All right, but I'm just um, saying the principle was there. He was playing with great players. Luca Christian Wood's an all star. Jalen Brunson was Christian, Christian Wood is not an all star. Christian Wood is not an all star. Yes, he is. He made an he made an all star team, didn't he? Not um, not now. I don't think he ever did. Um, and I'm also, not- he's hardly even playing on this team. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I I think that has to do with more fit. You guys got you have guys like Dorian Finney Smith and Maxi Kleba. Um, obviously, you see we talk about like he's not playing. He's playing twenty eight minutes a game. He just happens to be coming off the bench. And if you look at throughout his career, the most he ever played was twenty thirty two minutes a game. You know, so I, I like. I still I think, don't think that's enough. I think you have to show the guy if you're the Mavericks, you need to show him that you're buying in. And I, I can't think of any move. But how fast do you have to buy in? When you have when, a couple of years. When, well, I think it comes hand in hand with if you've drafted the guy, and it, you never know, it could be a bust, it couldn't be. But if you draft the guy who has now accelerated your timeline to now, like that, they picked the guy who made it now. I don't know if it's now. It could it be is in two now. years. It could be in three years. It's, it, it, it's, about keeping, it's about keeping Luka happy enough to bring him back for the next contract. He's literally if this, three-time, if he's in his, three-time All-NBA already, right, or more. Three-time first. I, I just, you yeah. don't want to do what the Lakers are doing right now and just absolutely strap your team. Like They're so afraid to trade the last two assets they have because they're like, LeBron's already out the door. Like, what trade can we make with Russ and two first unprotected first round picks that's going to make LeBron happy enough to stay for the long term? And even then, like, LeBron stays in the long term. Do we want a 43 year old LeBron James on our roster? Right. So I understand Luca's young. He's at the beginning of his career, but do I strap my roster for him? Do I strap my advantage or leverage for the future? It's slowly over time. You wait, you see who's coming in for this, you know, free agency class. Maybe you bring someone it's way easier to bring someone to Dallas than it is to bring someone to Cleveland who like Joakim Noah said it in like a classic end game press conference. He was like, who vacations in Cleveland, yeah. you know, but like, I'd be happy to go play in Dallas. It's a big city. It's a big market. I'm with Luka Doncic, you know? Yes. You're making a good point. And then I, I would also, I think a good case study would be like, how long was Steph in golden state? How long did that take? But they drafted. I mean, it took them time. They drafted clay. They drafted Draymond. And it wasn't like, it was just immediate. And Curry, it took time. It took Curry a lot of time before. But it's hitting that Steph point Curry. now. It's hitting that point now where and they need to start winning. I think it was like five years before they won one. They are winning. They went to the Western Conference Finals last year. And, and but they're worse this year than they were last year. And I'll just say Maybe again, we'll. I'll just say I was bringing up the Steph thing, but I don't think Steph was that good until he didn't, his potential didn't get hit until 26, maybe 27. So, Luca's doing something that has now accelerated the timeline is what I'm saying that they need to, they need to be like, all right, if our, if our floor could be a Western conference final, like we, why are we not there? We need to be there. And I mean, uh, also, have you noticed Luca is 23. He yells at his teammates. He's he, averaging 34, uh, nine and nine. Play the game. He's I averaging he 34, nine and nine. He needs help. He needs help. No, he doesn't. He's 23. You can't say to yourself, this is a in his prime superstar. You cannot say well, that whatsoever. 
but you're you wasting you're, you you're, you're being gifted you're being gifted waste time waste time you're being gifted with an, waste time are until, you insane he's gonna until leave until he's until he's until he's 26 you cannot realistically expect yourself to compete for an nba championship that's, that's facts that's insane facts. look at Luke. look at every oh. nba look at the greatest players in nba history they did not win a championship until they were 26 no but you're being gifted with the opportunity to do something that also, no one else has done no, these players of this matter. nature don't come around like this Giannis had happen. one of the best Giannis had one of the best seasons per wise ever and i don't think they won a championship that that, that year he was 25 the bucks still needed time to you know put a couple more pieces around him it, it, it you have to do it very slowly you have to, you have to make sure that you're 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 building a roster currently while giving yourself a future, because if you just take away your future, then you can't do anything. With Luka Doncic on this roster, you will never sign a big name free agent. Guys, guys like Jason Tatum would never, ever, 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 ever. Jalen Brown would never, ever, 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 ever want to come sign with Dallas Mavericks. Why? Right? Zach Levine. Because if, if I'm if I'm Jalen Brown and I'm leaving Boston, it's because I want to be number one. And I know if Luka Doncic is there, I will never be a number one. You know who you're going to get? You're going to get guys like Tim Hardaway Jr. You're going to get guys like Spencer Dinwiddie. Those are the guys who are coming to your team in free agency, right? I so could you, not disagree more. Picks, I could, literally could not disagree picks, more. If you trade your picks now, you 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 take away what you have because let's say you trade for Zach Levine and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you sign a whole bunch of free agents, but they don't really mesh well with Zach Levine. It's about making the right moves at the right time. You have so much time with Luca. Make him happy. Make him happy. Make him happy. He's plenty happy. Trust me. He's 23. He's playing basketball. He's having fun like uh, there's no pressure on the Mavericks. Zero I think, pressure. I think the sooner you make a smart move, I agree with you. You shouldn't just do something to do something, but if the right move is there or a move that does make you better, you could win a championship this season. I know you're saying, Oh no, you can't. Cause he's nah, 23. No. Luke, you could. Do you realize what he's doing on a no. nightly basis? He's picking people. How many, techs, how many he's gone deep in the Don- playoffs. How many, how many tech, how many technical fouls does Luka Doncic have? You tell me care. that's not going to bubble over care. in a hard-fought Western Conference Finals? No, it, it really like it will. It will. He's so young. He's so young. He's a so child. What? He's a baby. It doesn't when matter. When I was twenty-three, I was the biggest doodoo head of all time. And so what? There's no way Luca. He's not ready to win a championship. Oh my god! Great. He's a great player. He puts up great stats. Not ready to win a championship. I that simple. Wholeheartedly disagree. I think if you were to put a great complimentary player with him on this team, they could win a championship this season. He's playing that well. If you had someone else, if you put take... a LeBron, if, if you had, if you had someone better than Luka Doncic, IQ wise, championship level wise, like a LeBron James on this team, you could win a championship. I think if they Luka had Doncic Chris, not... I think if they had a Chris Middleton type, they could win a championship. No, no, a hundred percent. I mean, I think Pirtle and Levine will do a little something. Like, yeah. In your trade, do a little something. Maybe you go to seven in the Western Conference Finals this year. You're not winning it. You're not going to the finals. Maybe you go to the finals. You lose in four. I don't know that that's a guarantee. I don't. Who are you gonna? Oh, you, now you want to? Now you want to play the Boston Celtics? You want to play the Milwaukee Bucks? Who've been there before? Giannis will destroy whoever they have at center. Destroy whoever they have power forward. Can they build a wall to beat Giannis? Can they build a wall to beat Embiid? Can they? They build- had one of the best defenses in the league last like, year, and that was with Brunson. This is interesting. I didn't see this coming at all. I don't know why I'm so violently defending the Mavericks. The Clippers, Luke, the, Clippers the Clippers will raw dog them again in the Western oh Conference Finals. Yeah, maybe. Come down to it. 
No, if they make a I, move, they with the current roster as constructed, yes. And that's the point I'm trying to make. They cannot go in with this. Because all you're saying is, oh, you know, we got to the conference finals last year because you were amazing. Do it again. We're not changing anything. We lost, we actually got rid of your your good friend point guard and brought in a center that we're just gonna bring off the bench. No, that's not how this works. Yes, no. Also, that it's not how, how Mark Cuban it takes operates. Time. It's not how Mark it takes Cuban time. will operate. And it wasn't, Mark, it wasn't like they let Brunson walk. That is what it was. They could have paid him. They could have paid him before the deadline. Dumb contract. They, they could have given him contract. four years, fifty-five million, and they wouldn't you, do it. Are you happy with? Are you happy with the current construction of the New York Knicks roster? See, now you're pivoting. You're pivoting because I have you. Um, I'm happier. Yeah. I'm happier this year than I have been in a long time. How about that? With the Knicks, mm. I think that's fair. Is Julius Rand- Julius Randle got MVP chance in the Garden tonight, and I wanted to throw up. Yeah, I go back and forth on it because he is he is pl- he's just the weirdest player in the NBA. I mean, his four years in New York, he went from being hated to loved to hated to now everyone's like, all right, I guess we love him again. Like watching, and, watching and I would Rockets even argue game. that I would even argue that this season is better than his All NBA season. He's, I mean, he's I just, just playing better. I agree, but Trey Young, I mean, Trey Young had the whole city of New York. Absolutely on fire because he beat us in five. You're gonna lose to Trey Young and the Hawks. I I mean they also good anymore. They also also beat the Sixers that year. The Hawks aren't even good anymore. The Sixers are such a mess, and they had Ben Simmons on the team when they lost to the Hawks. So that's also true. Um, No, I don't know. Um, I, I also don't want this just to to pivot to the Knicks, but. So we've been on for close to an hour and we, we do have a couple more trades left. So I want to do some quick hitters and just see what you guys think. I'm going to put them up real quick. Um, That way we can get through just a couple more. Um, All right. So let me start this. I think is, yeah, this is one I threw together and Luke, I'm I'm using this to pivot because you just had this guy in a trade. I have Zach Levine to the heat for old Depot, Caleb Martin, the whole roster. (laughs) Old Depot, Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, Omer Yurt Seven, Nikola Jovic, and two unprotected firsts. Uh, I'm not really sure what the Bulls are trying to get at this. Two first round picks um, and Jovic, who's young and whatever. Yeah. And then yeah. you need salary to match. And then some of the, like, you're not overly committed. Like, obviously, after this year, Yurt Seven gone. Uh, Kale Martin has three years left at a cheap price point. You might be able to flip him later on. Duncan Robinson, you're probably stuck with, but like, Whatever, I think you have Depot, to find same a third thing. team to take some of these players because when you think about like okay, you, your roster is capped at fifteen plus the two way contracts. Um, like yeah, are there people on the current Bulls roster that they're willing to part ways with, cut them, things like that. So, um, like who gets cut from this trade? And um, I could definitely understand picking up those two first round picks, but I also don't know. Like two unprotected first for Levine feels fair. You might have to get an extra one in there somehow. Um, this was just, again, a loose one I came up with, but I do think I could see Levine totally moving, and I think the Heat need an offensive-minded guard. They just yes. they could really use they one because they're relying a ton on Tyler Hero right now, which I don't think is the best model if you want to try and win a championship. They also still need a power forward, but that's beyond, beside the point. Um, all right, so that was one trade. Let me uh, X out of that. Um, let me go to one that you have. Let's see. Here. I think the last two, I we did my Blazers one. We did 
All right. Mavs. So this if one is kind of... Lux, yeah, the last ones are jokes. All right, so I'll go to two of my... Before we go to your jokes, I'll go to two of mine that are not jokes. Um, so now I'm giving you my Utah Jazz um, Clippers trade. I think the Clippers could benefit from... I kind of like that. Trading for Mike Conley. They give up Batum and Reggie Jackson, so nothing that's overly contributing to your team right now. And then just... Boston four, College is legend. Yeah, I, I mean... Obviously, it's it's hard for me to see him go to the Jazz, but you then you trade four second round picks in consecutive years. I don't see any reason why the Jazz would need more than four second round picks for an aging Mike Conley on twenty two point six million dollars a year. I, I don't. I think that is more than fair compensation. The Clippers could definitely benefit from having an offensive minded guard. Your defense is strong enough that you Uh-oh. don't necessarily need him to be like this dominant perimeter defender. I think both Reggie Jackson and John Waller, offensive-minded guards. I think the biggest problem with the Clippers is efficiency. When Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are back, do you want to play John Wall big minutes? Do you want to play Reggie Jackson big minutes? But Mike Conley, later in his career, obviously is super high IQ, very skilled. Better shooter. The biggest, much better shooter, and I think that's the big thing. Right. So that was just my idea for the way the Clippers could make a marginal upgrade at point guard, which is realistically their one hole in their roster. I feel like everywhere else they're pretty strong. Um, so that was, that was my one thought there. So that's, that's my quick hitter on the jazz and the Clippers. Um, then let me see. I had one more. Let me share this bad boy. This one, um, kind of Luke, I'm seeing that you have kind of a joke trade and mine's similar like that. I don't think it's possible, but it's one that I have in mind. Um, I have the Knicks deciding to finally trade Julius Randle. Um, they trade him to the Suns. They get back Dario Sarge, Torrey Craig, Grayson Allen from the Bucks. Um, they get back a an unprotected first in 2025 from the Suns, a 2023 first that's lottery protected from the Suns, a second round pick in 2023 from the Bucks, and then a 2024 lottery protected first round pick from the the Bucks as well. Um, and then the Bucks would get Jay Crowder. So again, it's yeah, a think- very awkward trade. But it's a three-way trade where Jay Crowder gets to the Bucks, which I know we mentioned in the past. The Knicks finally get rid of Randall. They sell him high, so they're getting a ton of picks back. Um, you have a bunch of expiring salary, with the, which the Knicks are probably interested in if they're moving on from Randall. Um, and then the Suns get that offensive-minded forward that they need. I think it makes yeah, a no, ton of sense for them to try and trade for Randall. But again, like this, this might not be I the like perfect framework. The, the, I like this for the Suns to figure out how to move Randall productively. I think a lot of the reason why I'm so frustrated with Randall all the time is because he does like this, take a bad shot, offensive rebound, a whole bunch of pump fakes and like hopes he gets fouled. And sometimes he doesn't, sometimes he doesn't. Uh, Thankfully the refs have been nice to him so far this season. So um, he's like really great at times. And also Julius Randall is shooting the heck out of the ball from three, which is always great. Right. Um, But uh, going back to our point where like, He's so on, off, on, off. And Mike's point of like understanding a little more about what Wiseman is. Do teams fully understand what Julius Randle is? And we say sell Randle at high, but um, because teams kind of know that Julius Randle can be really, really great and he can also be really average, do they want to give up all those first round picks? But I do like this trade. I, I think it does work for all teams. I think all teams come away with something that they need especially because the Knicks gearing young would be great. And um, yeah. the context in which the Suns would be t- taking Randall 
makes Randall more attractive, if that makes sense. Like Randall won't have the same role he has on the Knicks. He's touching the ball way less. He's and I also I think it's worth noting that obviously having Brunson around on the Knicks and using RJ's obviously improved. Um, Randall has been able to kind of take a step back on being that overly ball dominant player. He's obviously still kind of doing a little of that, but it's not like down the stretch. It's not just him dribbling into ISOs and things like that. Now they're letting Brunson do it. He's not falling into a lot of those traps and like the pitfalls that made him that player that a lot of Knicks fans were frustrated with. So I think on the Suns, Mm -hmm. you would even, you would even alleviate that burden even further, which is why I think it is a really good fit. I feel like he and Chris Paul would have a pretty good relationship. Just I think if Randall is playing as more of a slasher, which we've kind of seen with on the Knicks this year, a little bit more with Brunson handling mm-hmm. the ball more. Um, I actually think it's a really good fit. I think the hard part is obviously, you know, the getting the Bucks to give up a you know a lottery protected first and a second round pick. That's essentially giving up a first and a second. Granted, you know, realistically, those picks are gonna be bad anyway. Uh like that second that Bucks second rounder is gonna be basically garbage. Um yeah. but Again, I, I, I just think that this is something to consider. The only reason I don't think it's going to happen is because the Knicks are now two games over 500. They're playing really well. Randall's playing at a high level. They are trying to win now. I almost think they're going to make a God trade in the opposite. Out. I think they're going to make an op- a trade in the opposite direction where they actually try and boost their team even more at the deadline to try and win games now, which is stupid. I, I'm not on board with that, but that's what I think they're going to do. So I put this Randall trade in here two weeks ago. When I think this going trade... Wrong. We go through if the Knicks send Reddish to the Bucks as well. I mean, yeah, they want to get rid of Reddish, so sure. And I mean, if you move guys like that to kind of alleviate some of the protections and whatnot, sure. Like, I mean, I think you, it's not like he's playing anyway. So you try and move a guy like that to, to facilitate something like yeah. this that would benefit all teams. I don't know. Just that's just mm-hmm. again one idea I had. Um, I'll just take a second. Donovan Mitchell had 71 points tonight. No one. way. Oh, what? 71. I just checked my fantasy thing. No way. 71. I'm checking Is he on Twitter your team now. or are you playing against him? He's on my team. He's a, you're playing against him? No, I he's on my team. Oh my god, 71. He's on your team. Uh, Holy crap, 71. he had 71. 71, god. 11, and 8. He almost had a triple-double. He outscored Booker. Good lord. I'm pretty sure only 10 guys have done that, including Booker. Scored 70. Um... Also, it could you imagine if he got two more rebounds? A 70 point triple double has that ever been done? Insane. Anyway, I'm looking up yeah, I mean, single game so scoring, sad. single game scoring leaders. Um, Wilt Chamberlain had 100, Kobe had 81, Wilt had 78, David Thompson had 73, Wilt had 73, Wilt had 73, Wilt had 72, David Robinson had 71, Elgin Baylor had 71, Devin Booker had 70, and Wilt had 70. So he is technically tied for eighth most or the eighth most points in a game in NBA history. That is it kind of makes me sad that the Knicks didn't give it up for Mitchell, but it still was the, the right time, move not um, to do it. Yeah. He's the, I don't, yeah. Like he's the seventh player in NBA history to score 70 or more. That is, I don't know. Wild. DeRozan had DeRozan had 44, I guess, obviously couldn't outdo Mitchell. 71 points on 22 shots, but good Lord. Yeah. He must've gotten to the line a ton, but still, um, wow. All right. Well, good. Zero, for My God, zero defense, zero defense played in this game. Bull shot 50% Cleveland shot 52. Wow. I cannot believe that 71. Holy crap. Yeah. I didn't believe the number. I was like, what? 
That's insane. I mean, yeah, it's so nuts. I almost went to the Booker game at the at TD Garden. It's I'm still bad at myself for not going. Um. So, are we doing Luke's joke trades and then? Oh, All right. Uh, yes. Yes. Luke's yes. Luke's joke trades. I'm going to start with one that seems similar to the one I just pulled up. Um. It looks like it's Randall centric. So it is Luke, Randall centric. Luke, walk us through this bad boy. Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. It's a big one. So I'm I'm thinking of my I'm thinking of myself. Fire Tibbs. Go young. And we need some spacing. So Lonzo Ball off the ball. Oh, fast no, facilitator, Luke. right? We're thinking we get out, we get out, we run with RJ. We we you know, we can still play Brunson, you know, run some half court sets with Lonzo off the ball because he is a pretty solid shooter. Um and when the Bulls do play half court, they do play Lonzo as like a wing shooter, which I don't really disagree with. Um, and he's a good defender, plus de- way plus defender. Jay Carter's a good shooter. Landry Shams a good shooter. Uh, Patrick Beverly's on expiring. We send out Randall. Why? Because Randall takes up way too much space on us. We send out Fournier. Fournier. Way too much space. Obviously, the Lakers need shooting as well. So giving up Pat Bev in exchange for Fournier is not the worst thing in the whole world. And Kendrick and the Bulls, Nunn. We send... Yeah, yeah. I mean, garbage. He doesn't play. That's true. And we send, and in return for Lonzo, we send Derrick Rose back to Chicago, where he was the famed MVP. And because we do take away Lonzo Ball, who's like twenty four. Oh my God, no, Luke! You're um, giving, you're attaching picks. Yeah, of course. I think this is. I think this. I mean, if you look at the Knicks, plus seven wins. We add shooting. We add defense. We give RJ. And and Brunson space and touches. this this and makes the Knicks I'm, worse I'm and you give up first that. round picks to do it. I am so unbelievably out on this. None of these guys would play for the Knicks right now. None of them. Crowder, what? Crowder would, because you're getting rid of Randy. Crowder, Crowder I mean, would. Lonzo's obviously obviously Lonzo's injured right now, but if you think about Lonzo coming back next year, I think he'd be a great Dibs player. He is he going to play? Is he going to play the two? Is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, going to play the two. So then you're moving Grimes to the bench. After he's been playing so well defensively. I am so out on this, Luke. I know this is a joke trade. I'm all for trading Randall and firing Tibbs, but my God, I want nothing to do with Patrick Beverly, Jay Crowder, Lonzo Ball. I would take Landry. I would take take Shamit. I'd take Shamit to come off the bench. Fine. But like Shamit's a great shooter. Also, after Miles McBride getting big minutes, I'm like kind of off on him now. So I think um, the Bulls do this. I think the Lakers do this. I think the Suns do this. I think the Knicks absolutely do not do this. You're giving up two first round picks and a second round pick for Lonzo Ball. Gross. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna be competing. We're gonna be top four in the East, so those picks don't mean anything. I I it, it was the Utah second rounder in 2024. So yeah, I um, I'm out. It, 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 <laughs> it makes us young, with it, with the exception of Beverly and Crowder, we get much younger, and it gives us a future. I think. I, I think you know if we keep the team together and we we find the right coach like a Mike D'Antoni, we can play pace and space. The future is those picks that you're trading away. I am <laughs> so out on this. <laughs> this is a joke that makes me laugh. I'm not laughing, Luke. There's no way. There's I can't let it happen. All right, Luke. I'm pulling up your last joke trade. Um, okay, the Lakers get the band back together. Oh my god. This one's even crazier. Okay. Huge five-team trade. Uh, obviously, the Lakers are in trouble this year. You know, we think about some of the guys they've gotten rid of over the past couple of years who have ended up being good for other teams. JaVale McGee was 
good for the Suns for a little bit. It hasn't played much for the Mavericks because he doesn't fit their system. Um, KCP, obviously, a lot of shooting. Caruso shooting in defense. Lonzo Ball shooting in defense. Kyle Kuzma shooting and rebounding. Um, they absolutely send off Russ. And I sent them to the Bulls for salary matching because the Bulls are sending a lot of guys out. Um, and then it's just, it's just matching with these other teams, right? So all the salary matching, um, getting guys off teams and back to the Lakers. But, hey, run it back with the boys. You know, McGee won a championship there. Caruso won a championship there. KCP won the championship. Kuzma's got a ring, you know. Lonzo, and I don't think Lonzo would be bad next to Braun. Think about the insane alley-oop highlights we'd be getting LeBron if, and AD. If Lonzo- He's going to play again. He's 24. He's just, he's taking his time. The Bulls are absolute garbage. He's in no rush to get back and play. He wants to compete. He wants to play. I think the Bulls would need picks in some capacity here just for getting rid of Caruso. Like, Uh, just try to make all the salaries match. Yes, the salary matching. Yeah. So they would then come down to picks. Like, the Wizards would need something for Kuzma instead of just Patrick Beverly. Yeah, like things also, like that. Frank to the Nuggets. Frank to the Nuggets. No, I like it. I mean, I would. Yeah, I'd love to see him with the Okich. Um, I yeah. I mean, this one is so far gone. <laughs> this one seems like you like never that. Happened in a million this years. is like you're the the Charlie Day meme where he's like Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> um, it's it's a little crazy, but I I mean I like the the idea. That you're just really. If you, I feel like this is what Rob Plink is doing right now, just like absolutely clawing at anything to try and get a trade done. The 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 last point I want to make during today's podcast is the fact that Matt is the biggest Lonzo Ball hater ever. He's a great yeah, facilitator. I'm a pretty big Lonzo he's a hater. Super high, he's a he's a high IQ facilitator, and I think on a championship level team with a lot of other scorers and a primary big, he can be super valuable. He is hurt all the time. He is not a great shooter. And I have not seen enough shooter. from Look him. Lonzo to... Ball shooting. Let me Google Lonzo Ball shooting. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. He's I mean, making $20 million he's a year had his for the next the three years. He is not worth $20 million a year. He's not. Lonzo shot 38% from three in two years in New Orleans and shot 42% in Chicago. That Chicago is a very small sample size. 35 games isn't too bad. Oh, yeah, but how many shots a game? I mean, that can't be... 10 shots, 11 shots a game. All right, it's not horrible. I guess I take it back, but I still am out. Uh, it's seven and a half threes, 11 shots in total. Oh, okay. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Pass. I want nothing to do with Lonzo. Yeah. I think he's stuck on the ball. He's balls. averaging six assists per Six assists per game. Yeah, but career. what? What? I don't know. I one and a half, one and a half steals, low turnovers. If you look at the advanced metrics, Lonzo Ball is a great player. You can have him on your team, not on my he's team. On all, he's on all my two K teams. I'm like Lonzo Ball at point guard. Yeah, he's a good two K player because you can control him. But like, he's big. He's like all big guards are good in two K. Ben Simmons fucking rocks in two K. In two K, like. <laughs> It has nothing to do with if they're actually good in real life. <laughs> Pass. No, thank you, Luke. On that, um, that note. Yeah. On that note, now that I'm dunking on your trades and Lonzo Ball, um, we've been on here for a little while. It's like 1040. I've work in the morning. We all have work in the morning. Um, 
we gotta we gotta hang this one up (laughs) yeah well i mean me too but still um all right well for those of you who have made it this far thank you for tuning in this is the hoot troop podcast and join us next time 